What's up, Summit? Isn't that just so much fun? I, Thursday night I saw that and I was laughing. Like, I couldn't even pull it together when I came out here. But my name is Chris. I am the impact pastor, like Anthony said. You guys get the youth pastors this weekend. Isn't this great? Yeah. All right. Look at that. Whoa. I'm obviously not Pastor Jonathan. I'm a little bit taller than him. So uh, I'm glad to be up here with y'all hanging out, though. I love leading our middle and high school students and, and just doing life with a lot of y'all as leaders and awesome leaders in our ministry. So it's great to be here with y'all this morning talking about foundations uh, and construction and, and building your life. I, I know a little bit about the building your life, and we're going to talk about what Jesus said for that, but the construction, the, the foundation thing, I don't know anything about that. My wife, Whitney, does all the constructing and building and hammering things in our house. I'll just be honest. She does it all the time. I know about like Bob the Builder. Can we fix it? Bob the Builder, no, I can't. Y'all maybe can, okay? Like, but I just can't do it. And then I also know Tim the Toolman Taylor and Home Improvement. Yeah, there we go, right? Like, yeah, it's, that's, that's the extent of really my experience with construction. See, our house is, it's been a little bit crazy lately, you know? It's been a little bit loony lately. We, you know, our oldest is Iris, who's five, and our youngest is Everly, who's three. Um, and they are wide open and amazing, and they love the peak. So bless all of you awesome peak volunteers who help Bless you. I don't know how you, how you do it all the time, but they love the peak back there. Uh, Whitney and I have a Labradoodle who's nine. His name is Hootie, and he's not very happy with us right now because we just got a three-month-old Great Pyrenees. Yes, ooh, somebody like, yeah. And she's amazing. She's awesome. Her name's Mia, but Hootie is still trying to figure out what in the world we're doing with our lives, bringing a puppy into his last quarter of his life. So, you know, but we're having fun, and I say our house has been loony. It has been loony. Like really, really loony, y'all. You know why? Iris and Everly are obsessed with loony tunes. Yes, that's right. I'm like, yes, finally. This is great, loony tunes. Let's be honest, y'all. It takes us back to Saturday mornings. It takes us back to our childhood. It brings out that inner child. Who doesn't love loony tunes? And I just got to figure out here, if you're watching online, shout it out and everybody at your house think you're crazy, right? Or your neighbors, but... Favorite Looney Tune characters? Where are my Bugs Bunny fans? Bugs always gets the love. How about Daffy? This is the most love we've gotten for Daffy. He's got no love in the other services, like crickets. And I feel like that just fits for him. But how about Elmer Fudd? Yeah, there we go. We got some hunters in here hunting wabbits, right? I like that. Okay, what about Porky Pig? Barbecue fans, maybe? Yeah, okay, we're in North Carolina. Good, good. How about uh, Pepe Le Pew? He, he would probably be canceled though out there. Y'all know that, right? I'm just saying, he's a little bit crazy. Okay, what about uh, Tweety Bird? I heard it again. It, we've heard it every time. Oh, Tweety, you know? Sylvester Cat, all of them, yeah. Now, how about uh, Tasmanian De- oh, Hold on, can't say the last name of that here in church. Just like we can't talk about that team from Durham, the Duke Blue, whoa. It's like we don't talk about Bruno, guys. We can't do that stuff. Y'all know this. Come on, all right? We're at church. But for my girls, Iris and Everly, their favorite, hands down, is Wiley Coyote. Yeah. That poor, poor guy. They love him. And it's funny because they can't say Coyote. So they say, we want, Mommy, Daddy, we want to watch Coyote. And Wit's always like, Coyote. And they're like, Coyote. Coyote. We want to watch Coyote. Mommy, Daddy, can we watch Hyote? They get back from summer school and camp. They're like, we want to watch Hyote. They wake up. They're like, can we watch Hyote? 
we want to watch Hyodi and see what happens. And I'm like, see what happens? You know what's going to happen. But it's so funny because even when we pull into the church, the woods out there, Iris is now on a thing where she and Evie are like, hey, mommy, daddy, don't go in the woods. You can't go in the woods. I'm like, why can't we go in the woods? Well, the Hyodi's in there. And the Hyodi has a plan. He's going to try and catch you. He's going to try and eat you. And I'm like, what in the world happened to Looney Tunes, man? It's never like this when we were kids watching it. But, it, I mean, coyotes then snuck into her nightmares. It's, it's wild, y'all, I'm just saying. And it, didn't it seem a lot longer when we were kids? There were only seven-minute episodes now. It's like when we were kids, it lasted forever, it seems. But watching these and watching Coyote all the time, I, you, you realize something real quick about old Coyote, the poor, poor guy. Only thing he says, oh, sorry, he doesn't say he holds up the signs. No talking, right? All he does, all these plots and these schemes and these rockets and these trains and these suits. I mean, this dude is before YouTube putting everything together. It's brilliant. He's like Elon Musk before Tesla. I don't know how he does any of these things. He's so crafty. His whole purpose, when he wakes up, living the day, going to sleep at night, he has one thing on his mind. Yes, I heard it again. Every service, y'all been awesome. Maybe he wants the Roadrunner. All he cares about is the Roadrunner. I mean, this poor, can somebody get this guy a meal? I mean, goodness, can he get some Uber Eats or something out there? That poor guy, all he wants is Roadrunner. All he thinks about, all he says, all of his actions, the signs he holds up. Hey, it's crazy. And the poor coyote, ever get it? No. And Iris and Evie, every time we're like, well, maybe he'll get it this time, daddy. Maybe. And I'm like, yeah, maybe. Let's watch and see. Here we go. I was thinking, I'm like, man, this coyote, to, to him, the roadrunner, it's almost like his foundation. I mean, it's the most important thing in this guy's life. Morning, day, night, morning, day, night, everything he holds up, everything he does, again and again and again. It's, it's like his base. It's like his, the most important thing for him. Everything he does always comes back to this roadrunner that he can never catch. Why it's a sad life for him, isn't it? Jesus talks a lot about foundations. He's not talking about Roadrunner and Coyote. And also, thankfully for us, he's not talking about what I found when I Googled foundation uh, a few weeks ago. I Googled foundation. You know what pops up? All the, guys, you're with me because I'm clueless and lost. Makeup. And I'm like, what in the world is this? Foundation makeup? Okay. And literally, the only thing he does. So I ask Whitney. And I'm like, babe. What is, what is foundation? She's like, you don't know foundation? I'm like, no, I, I don't know foundation very well. How do you use it? She's like, well, basically, you know, you moisturize. You get your face ready. You put on your foundation. Then you can do the rest of your makeup. Moms, girls in here, how'd I do with that? Yeah, yeah that's what everybody's kind of said. I think she was just being very nice and giving a very brief version for me. But as a girl dad, I'm sweating and nervous. Pastor Jonathan told me the other day, he said, dude, you're gonna have to learn a lot more for foundation when those girls are teenagers. I'm like, you're right, I am. Thankfully for us, he wasn't talking about foundation as makeup either. Jesus was talking about foundation in terms of where we build our lives. What is most important to us? What's gonna be there for us and help us get through storms when they come in life? And he's talking here, and this passage is probably Jesus' most famous teaching. Ever. It's early in his ministry. You know, it's known as the Sermon on the Mount. 
And Jesus is talking about all kinds of things. That video, that's like kind of where he was sitting up there on the mountain. And back then they didn't have microphones, obviously, so his voice would carry really, really well. And Jesus is talking to crowds of people. So many people are there. And he's talking about everything that's important back then. It's still important today. He's talking about marriage. He's talking about divorce. He's talking about money. He's talking about keeping your word. He's talking about loving. He's talking about giving. He's talking about how to really follow God. All these things that matter then, they still matter now. And everybody's sitting there, they're watching, and they're like, oh my goodness, oh my goodness, this is crazy. This is, wow, this is awesome. Wow. And Jesus says, oh, by the way, I got one more thing to say, one more thing, and then I'm leaving. I felt like the disciples were kind of like stretching, you know, and they felt like, all right, is, is Jesus, he's going to be done soon, right? Like, he's been talking for a while here. Okay. Last thing Jesus says here, this is in Matthew chapter 7. He's like, this is it. I'm done after this. This is the last thing I'm going to talk about here. And he talks about where to build our lives. He talks about that foundation. And this is where we're going here, Matthew 7, verse 24 through 28. Jesus says, okay, here's the deal. Anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise, like a person who builds a house on solid rock. Think about it, it's like, yep, solid rock, foundation, wise, got it. Okay, listen, follow, listen, follow, listen, follow. Okay, I can do that, yeah, that sounds good. All right, cool. All right, Jesus, let's keep going. And Jesus says, though the rains come in torrents, it was almost like this morning, right? Just coming, raining cats and dogs. The floodwaters rise, the winds beat against the house. That house is not gonna collapse because it's built on bed rock. You know the movie Twister back in the 90s? You know, all of our impact students are like, what's that? I'm like, Twister, come on, man. You don't know Twister. We're flying cows and stuff in there. The winds were so bad. But most, most of the houses, you know, even in Tornado Alley, like a lot of times they're solid foundation. The foundation part of the house oftentimes will, will last through. Now the roofs, they might go flying. You know, upper deck might be a problem. But your foundation, the solidness of the house, hopefully it's gonna last through because that's the most solid part. Jesus says, hey, guess what? If you listen and follow in the storms, your foundation should be okay because you're on solid rock. But he says, anybody who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is foolish, like a Duke fan. Oh, I'm sorry, my bad. That was, that was a Chapel Hill translation. I'm sorry, okay. I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. Anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is foolish, like a person who builds a house on sand. A lot of y'all probably went to the beach for July 4th or sometime this summer. You know when kids get so excited to build these houses in the sand, what happens to the houses? Somebody knocks it over. Probably their brother or sister knocks it over or the wind or the rain or the waves. It's not gonna last. My wife Whitney showed me a video um, the other day like, oh, you should put this in your message too. And I'm like, God, it's, I can't. It's too much. It's crazy. And I get lost in a rabbit hole way too easy here. But there was a house in the Outer Banks right there on the sand and a storm came and took it and boom, flew it out. Jesus is saying a person who builds a house on sand, it's not good. When the rains come, the floods come, the winds come, they beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. Boom, like a deck of cards. And at this point, Jesus kind of took his imaginary microphone, and I like to think he says this, this is the end of the Sermon on the Mount, he drops it. But it just slowly like levitates down. And the crowd is shocked. They're all like, this is amazing, this is awesome. Okay, listen and follow, listen and follow, listen and follow, okay. Solid rock, yeah, 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 that sounds good. Sand, uh-uh. If I hear and don't obey, it's like me having a house on sand. I don't wanna do that. Makes perfect sense, Jesus. But he never picked up that magic microphone again. He walked away. And as Jesus leaves, this is, this is really cool. 
Jesus finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed. <sighs> Shocked. Just blown away. And that's the end of chapter 7. And then Matthew 8 starts by saying, when Jesus walked down the hill, there were large crowds. Everybody followed him. Jesus, hold on. Whoa, Jesus, where are you going? Hey, I got more questions, man. Okay, listen and follow good. But is, 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 there's got to be more, right? Like, I want a house on rock. I don't want a house on sand. I'm not going to hear and not obey. I'm going to listen and follow. I'm going to hear and I'm going to do my best to do and try and follow that. Don't leave. Why are you leaving, man? Jesus, don't go. I need some help. I've got some things going on in my life right now. Like, I'm just so confused. And now you're leaving? Come on, please, some more. And I feel like what Jesus would turn around and say to the crowd that was following, this is, this is not at all in, in, in his word there in chapter eight, but this is what I think Jesus would probably ask them because they wanted more. And he's probably asking us the same thing right now, 2,000 years later. I feel like Jesus would probably ask this question. Hey, are you building on sand? Or are you building on rock? Really, think about it. I, I, know, I know you got stuff going on, I get that, but are you building your life right now? Is it built on sand? Is that your foundation? Are you hearing things and not obeying them? I'm trying to tell you, I'm trying to help you. We talked about all this stuff. Or are you building on rock? Where I said, if you just listen and you follow, if you listen to my word and you follow my word, if you listen to what I tell you in God's word and you, you do it, your life's gonna be on rock in the middle of a storm. So are you building on sand? Are you building on rock? And I start looking at myself. I'm like, man, my life, am I building on sand right now? Because that would just be so foolish. Or am I really and truly on rock? Because you know the beauty of that parable, y'all, is that Jesus doesn't say if you're on rock, you're not gonna have storms in your life. He says, get your umbrellas, get your rain boots, get ready, because it's gonna rain. It's gonna storm, it's gonna get crazy. He also doesn't say if you built on sand, you're not gonna have any problems. You're gonna have a lot of problems too. But if you're on sand, you're not gonna make it. If you're on rock, you will get through. Some of you are all like, Chris, you don't even have a clue, man. The storms I'm stuck in right now, they are all over the place. My marriage right now, we used to be so close. We used to talk about everything. Now, I feel like we're just roommates. Uh, we have kids and all we do is we try and keep up with these little terrors that run around and are running our house, right? Every parent's like, help me, please. Yeah. Help, help us, help me with you, okay? We used to be so close and so now we've just completely grown apart. Our marriage, we used to love each other so much and now we argue all the time. Our marriage, we used to be each other's biggest supporter. Now, we're enemies, and we're not even as close as we once were, and I don't know what happened. It's tough. How about our health? That's a storm we're not ready for. You go for your yearly checkup, and all of a sudden you find out you might have cancer. You find out you might have some serious health issues going on that you didn't even know were a problem in your family's history. And now you're like, man, what do I do with this? How am I supposed to, I wasn't ready for this storm. Like, this, this is crazy. How am I going to make it through this? What, what about our identity? We talk all the time with our middle and high school students and our college students about our identity because social media wrecks us. And it's just not with Gen Z, it's with us too. We get on social media and we're comfortable with who we are and we're comfortable with our vacation and then we see somebody else's. We're comfortable with our car, then we see theirs. We're comfortable with our family picture at Christmas when everybody's kind of smiling, then we see theirs on the mountains with snow in the background. Right? Our identity who, are, who am I now? I used to love who I was. Now I don't even like who I see in the mirror. I'm trying to keep up with them or be like him or be like her. And now I don't even really know. What does God even want me to do? They're living their best life and I'm just living, trying to. 
What about finances? Um, I'm afraid to say this word in church too. The guys are gonna get up and leave. Target. Is that not a problem for all of our finances? All the girls are like, I don't see a problem with Target. It's great. These little wonder eggs now they can do. Oh my goodness. Does anybody ever feel like they spin, 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 and they earn, earn, earn? Right? It, it happens. You got bills on top of bills, on top of debt, on top of debt. It's crazy. Finances are hard, and then your AC goes out. Well, we can open the windows. Nah, it's not really going to work that well here in North Carolina heat, right? Stuff is heavy. Car payments, that stuff is heavy. Student loans, that stuff is heavy. How about our job? A storm of a job where you're just so insecure and you're like, man, I, I lost my job. I got laid off. I got let go. Man, I can't find a job. I don't know what I want to do. Or maybe you're afraid and insecure that you're not even good enough for your job and somebody else is going to come in and get your job and be better than you are. Just those storms that we can deal with. And it's just so heavy. And you're like, how do I get through this storm? You don't even understand. How about our mental health? And this is not just for our awesome students, man. For us as adults, anxiety and depression is higher than it's ever been since 2020. The suicide rates are higher than they've ever been. You know where the battle typically happens? Right here, between our head. Some of us are struggling so bad with anxiety and depression that you're watching from home because you can't even get out of the house. You don't want to see or be around anybody and you're so afraid. Some of us feel like we're stuck in a cave and there's no way in and there's no way out. You're just stuck. That's a pit, right? Some of us, that's a storm we don't even know how to get out of. Another thing with that really is loneliness, feeling alone. Whoa, one of my good friends, I love Elaine Sapp. She sent something to us the other day talking about loneliness and Man, talking about the, the epidemic and the pandemic, that that can kind of be in, in our lives right now, what it's doing to us as a country, you know? Feeling alone, that's a storm. You aren't ready for that storm. Sometimes the entire room could be completely full with everybody and you still feel alone because everybody else has no clue what you're going through. That's a storm. Loss, family, relationships, these are huge. Loss is really big. We just had July 4th. And maybe you're like, you know, this year was the first year my husband wasn't there because he passed away. My wife wasn't there. My mom wasn't there. My dad wasn't there. My brother wasn't there. My best friend wasn't there. My grandma, my aunt, my uncle. <laughs> I never thought that they would not be here when we go and we celebrate these holidays, their birthdays. You can't get, I mean, what do you do with that? It's a storm. We gotta be on that rock foundation relationships, friendships, those are tough. Those happen if you're dating and you're trying to get somewhere and find the right person. Oh, and then they break up with you and you just don't even know what to do moving forward. And family dynamics, parenting, trying to be an adult, dealing with, dealing with your siblings. It's just, it's just heavy. It's crazy, y'all. And the reality is this, though. If you want a strong foundation that can help you get through your storms, you have to hear Jesus' teachings and then you gotta do them. You gotta Hear Jesus' teachings. You got to do Jesus' teachings. Hearing must lead to doing. Jesus didn't say that and levitate the mic down so gracefully, right, just to get up and leave. He left the best for last. He said, if you're building a house, you got to build on rock. You got to hear what I'm saying and then actually follow through with it. If not, it's not going to mean much. Because storms are coming regardless in your life. And if you're in a storm right now, I'm sorry. And I hate that for you. If you don't earn M1, I hope you got sunny skies ahead. But eventually, something's gonna happen. And how 
are you? How are we going to get through it? Jesus' own brother, this is funny. Can you, uh, anybody in here have older brothers? Yeah, anybody have perfect older brothers? Yeah, exactly, I do. Uh, I, my, bro, my older brother thinks he's perfect. Uh, I, I love him very much, but you know, just, just they do everything right. Star of the football team, perfect grades, always, you know, it's just, just the, the perfect, the, the golden child. Imagine if Jesus was your older brother and he actually is perfect. How awkward would that be? Jesus doesn't take baths. He like walks, moonwalks on the bath, you know? Doesn't have regular milk. He turns it all chocolate milk. Jesus just does it. He's like, don't worry about dinner. I got it done, mother. Everything would be perfect if Jesus, I mean like James is the younger brother of Jesus who didn't really believe Jesus was the son of God. I think probably because he's like, dude, you're just my annoying older brother. I don't want to hear this, man. I, I get it. I know everybody thinks you're the son of God. I know mom and dad love you so much. I know you do all this. Okay, I get it. Finally, at the cross, James is like, whoa, I messed up. You're the older brother. Okay, I'm not really gonna call you older brother anymore. I'm gonna call you, okay, you're the son of God. That's fine, okay. And James changed everything. And he, he was one of the first leaders in the Christian church. And talk about the, the, the first Christians they faced so many storms. They were persecuted and attacked and killed for what they believed. It was crazy. The storms they were in nonstop. And James is talking to the first church and he's like, hey, here's the deal, y'all. I know life's hard. I know storms are coming. If you're on rock, storms are coming. You'll be a lot safer than if you're on sand, storms are coming because storms are gonna be here regardless. But what are you gonna do when the storm happens? And James says it's so important to listen and follow just like Jesus said. And he goes a little bit further here and James 1, he says this, don't just listen to God's word. Hey, don't just listen to my big brother Jesus. Don't just listen to what he said. If you're just listening, it's not gonna do anything. There's so much more to it. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourselves. If you hear something and hear something and hear something and hear something and hear something, but don't do it, how's that gonna help you? Stop. James is like, hey, listen, guys, come on. We have to listen and do, right? Another translation says we have to be doers of the word and not just hearers. James is like, oh, for me, I've got to be a doer. I can't just be a hearer. I got to be a doer, not a hearer. A doer, not a hearer. A doer. Not. Now, you, it starts with hearing, right? But you have to actually follow through and do it. And the reality is, for us, if you are a parent in the room or if you work with students, you know, or, or, you know, kids up here at Camp Kids Summit last week was awesome and so much fun. But you know, probably the most popular thing we heard the whole time, <laughs> this is really great. So like this, this was awesome. Our, our volunteers crushed it. But I heard so many times, who has their listening ears on? And I'm like, that's going to work for about 12 seconds. And all the kids are like, I do, I do, no, I do, I do. And then they're kind of gone again, right? This is great. And then they were, now, Trust me, we did our best to tame your children here at Camp Kids Summit. We had a blast, okay? But if you're just listening and not doing, it's not really gonna do much for us. My wife Whitney says all the time at home, because we've got Mia, the three-month-old puppy, who just digs, and she's like, Mia, 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 you're just digging. She, she's listening, 
right? She's hearing, but she's not doing anything about it. We got Iris and Evie playing like American Gladiator with mom's like makeup and, and, and like lipstick and stuff and like fighting over princess dresses. And they're like, which says, am I the only person in this house that even hears my own voice? Moms, how many times do y'all say that on like a regular basis? I love the hands. It's true. If you're only hearing but not doing, it's not gonna do anything for us. And it's funny because we see that in kids. As parents, you see it in kids. You see it in pets with your dog or your cat. If y'all have cats, I'm sorry. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Jonathan made me say that to y'all, okay? He said, you must put this in the message. I'm just joking. <laughs> he did not. But it's not just like that. I think our Heavenly Father looks at us and he's like, man, he's like, you just, you don't get it, man. Like, you see it in kids, you see it in your pets, but... I'm your heavenly father, and when you're hearing something and not doing it, it breaks my heart. It drives me crazy. He's probably sitting up in heaven being like, how many times do I have to tell you? Come on. you got to do something different. Now, it's not just there either. Like in our own lives, how about with our spouses, with our boyfriend, with our girlfriend, right, with our husband, with our wife? How many times do we hear, babe, I really wish you would just come home early from work. I really wish you'd put your phone down and just stop responding to emails. I really wish you'd ask me about my day. I really, really wish you could maybe help with the dishes because there's a new form of bacteria and fungi growing in our kitchen. That happens a lot. I wish you could help with the yard because it's up to your waist, babe, and you're pretty tall. She said, yeah, it's not that high, but it gets pretty high. I really wish we could have a date now. I wish, we have to, I wish you would just listen to me. I wish you could hear me. But if I, what, what's the automatic response? Yeah, I, I got you, babe, absolutely. Uh, hold on one second. Wait, wait for the game to go on commercial. Carolina really needs me right now. I gotta watch this. It's just hard. But if we're saying something, we're not doing anything different, then nothing's gonna change. It's all the time in our marriages and relationships. It's with our friends. If our friends are asking something again and again and again and we hear them, but we don't do anything, nothing's gonna change. How about we go to a doctor? The doctor says, hey man, your blood pressure's pretty high. Hey, we need to get you on a diet. You need to do some things because your family has a history of heart attacks and high cholesterol. We got to do some stuff different. Yep, got you, doc. Yeah, what's up, doc? Got you. Okay, yep, cool. We're going to do it. And then you immediately leave and say, I'm not doing any of that stuff. I'll see you next year. Nothing's going to change, right? If we go and we're talking to our therapist or our life coach and it's like, hey, you really need to work on some healthier habits for your, for your mind and for your thoughts and a better way to release and a better way to process you're like, I know I do. God, I do. Yes, I'm going to do all this and turn my life around. And you don't know anything. Nothing will change. It's crazy, but it's the reality. And I think we struggle with that. With our boss at work, if our boss says, hey, man, you, girl, you got to start showing up on time. You've got to be here. Those reports need to be in right here, right now. We need you to dress professionally. We need you to start, you know, having a different attitude with your workers. And if nothing changes, guess what? you're probably not gonna be there much longer. I don't know if they still do pink slips. You might be like, oh, that's what was in my box the other day, huh? But if we're not changing our attitude, right? And really, if we're not doing something different, then nothing at all is gonna change in our lives, regardless of what we hear. So, my question for us all, here on July 10th, right here in the middle of summer, where do you really want to build your life? I know some of y'all are like, listen, 
I've tried this church thing. I've tried this whole God thing before. Didn't really work, man. I've done it. I grew up in this. I didn't. It didn't work before. Okay. All right. But you're still here. What do you have to lose? to try one more time and really say, I'm gonna build the right way. I wanna be on rocks, because guess what? I'm, I, I got storms coming, regardless, and I want some help getting through it. Some of y'all might be like, I, I'm so distant from God, God has not been there for me in so long, I want nothing at all to do with him. And that breaks our heart, and we're sorry. And I hate to hear that, but right now, you've got a chance right here to say, you know what? What would happen if I said, I'm gonna switch some things around? I might try and build my life a little bit different here for the next few months. Or maybe some of y'all are sitting out here too and you're stuck in a storm so bad and everything around you is raining so hard and life is just not working for you and you're like, you just don't get it. I can't see past my storm. You've got a chance right now to build your life different and to make a change. We all do. If we're 20 years old and we're just out of school or figuring out what we're doing after college, if we are 50 years old and we have 20 year olds who are finishing up school and we're trying to walk with them in the next season of their life, if we're retired, if we're changing jobs, wherever we are right now in our life and in our journey, single or married, we have a chance right now to build our lives on a foundation that will get us through the storms that Jesus said are gonna be here regardless. And the choice is up to y'all. Now, I would hope that we say, hey, let's see what happens. Let's, let's try this. Let's, let, I wanna fix, I'm gonna try and build my life a little bit different right now. We've got four ways for y'all that we think would help, would help us get there. And you might be doing all four. You might be doing one of them. You might be doing two of them. You might say, you know what? Yeah, okay, I'll give this a whirl. Let me see what happens. I got, I got time on my hands here, right? I have, I have four. I was joking. I was like, if this was impact, I would have done two because I'd say do-do, like do-do. But, you know, <laughs> I can't do that here. I was okay. There you go. Some of y'all are like, he is such a child. I know. Four things, though, to build a solid foundation in our lives, right, to get through the storms that are going to be here. The first thing, you got to build with God. You've got to build with God. If your relationship with God is this and this alone, it's not going to work. If your relationship is Wednesday night at impact, and we tell our students all the time, it only impact, it's not gonna work. If your relationship is only Thursday nights, it's not gonna work. It's like back in elementary school when you have an art teacher that would come to your class once a week and teach you how to draw. That didn't really work. I still draw stick figures, okay? I didn't have a great relationship with my art teacher. Now, you could have spent more time there, sure. But you have to have time consistently with God. Think about your closest relationships in your life. You know why they're so close? Because you spend time. If you want to know what God wants you to do, you have to spend time trying to connect with God. If you want to know what God's word is saying, you have to spend time in God's word. You have to hear the word and able to be able to do the word, right? We have to get into God's word. And I'm not saying you got to spend an hour every day. I'm not saying you have to spend 30 minutes every day. There's got to be some, sort, some form of connection every day, though, with God. Five minutes. Maybe first thing in the morning before everybody wakes up at home. Maybe between your lunch break. Maybe in the car on the way to school, right? Or on the way to work. Maybe at bedtime before everybody goes to sleep or after everybody goes to sleep. Some time with you to spend just investing in your relationship with God. Because if you're not building with God, don't expect God to have an awesome, powerful relationship with you. You've got to build on that foundation. You've got to work on that foundation. And it starts right there. Some of us, we really connect with God big time in nature. 
Some of us connect really God with worship. This moment in here with worship earlier was awesome. You know, like it can be worship, worshiping, listening to that music. It can be in the car when you're driving to work. Just don't close your eyes when you're praying. It's not very safe, okay? So just, we gotta spend time building with God. If you're not building, don't expect to have a foundation in them, okay? Number two, you gotta build with others. You know, at the beginning, God created Adam and he created Eve and everybody's like, oh, God was such a romantic. He, he should have wrote like those Hallmark movies. It's so good. Hey, God did not create Eve just out of a love story. He created Eve because Adam needed a companion. Following Jesus, the storms in life, y'all, it's hard. It's heavy. We go through a lot. You're in probably a lot right now. You need somebody else to be there with you in it. We need friends who are just there. They just show up. They don't have to say anything. They can just be there. They'll text you and say, hey, I'm here. I'm praying for you. If you need anything, let me know. You know those friends and that you can actually count on? We gotta have those. You gotta build with others. It's so, so, so important. And if you're not, you're missing it. Right? And if you're here and you're like, I really wanna build with other people. We got two great ways to do it here at the church and we'd love to have y'all do it. It's serving and getting in a group. You can serve, you can get in a group. You can serve, you can get in a group. And, and I, know, I know what you're thinking. Uh, the youth pastor's gonna ask me to come serve at Impact. Uh, yeah, come on, we'd love to have you. But no, the reality is when you serve, and you serve at guest services like the awesome parking team in the rain this morning, right? Saying hey as people are coming in, watching Pete kids, helping with Kids Summit, teaching our students and the next generation how much God loves them. That's huge, right? When you serve, though, it's not just about checking a box or doing. Because you know what we miss? What God is doing in our hearts. He's doing stuff in your hearts that's crazy. If you want a foundation with him, when you serve other people, God's at work through you and in you. And it's awesome and it's so important to see what happens when you serve. If you're trying to build others, serving's a great way. Another way is in groups, so you can have other people who are going through the exact same season of life that you might be in. So if you're interested, there's a seat back right here for y'all. You can look online. You can talk to guest service on the way out, but do not go through your storms in your life alone. Please don't, please don't. We were not created for that. God does not want that for us. Third thing, build with love. I don't know if it was John Lennon or Paul McCartney. I keep getting in trouble because one of them for the Beatles wrote the infamous song from 1967, All You Need Is. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, like, all you need is love. Well, Jesus was asked, hey, what's the most important commandment? The Pharisees asked him. And Jesus says, you're supposed to love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Love. You know the best way we can show other people Jesus? Love. That's it. You know what happens when we start loving other people just because? It's weird. We get closer to God. Like we, we start to feel better about ourselves. We feel more connected with God in the foundation whenever a storm happens. God does something in our hearts and it's awesome and it's so cool. Love is so big. We gotta build with love. Hey, and right now before we go to the last one, I wanna challenge y'all. Uh, there's somebody in your life right now you can love. And I dare you to ask God who that is. And you might be like, ask God, what does that mean? Is he gonna text them to me? No. But that person is gonna come to your head right now. Nope, I'm not loving him. Somebody else, God, next. My neighbor, when his dog comes and he, he poops in my yard. I'm loving him. My coworker, you see what they did? They never cleaned the microwave. Uh-uh, next. My siblings, my brother, he drives me crazy every Christmas, man. No, uh-uh, uh-uh. 
I'm not sending him a text. I'm not loving him. My spouse, she's going to pick where we go eat again after this. And then we have to watch whatever she wants to watch. Or maybe you always hog the remote, fellas. You know, I'm just, I'm just saying, okay? If you ask God who you can love, you'll be crazy what he'll do with that. And how much stronger we get when the storms come, okay? And last way to have a solid foundation, to be hearers, right? And also doers, doers, doers. Number four, we got to keep building. Like the Panthers would say, keep pounding, keep pounding. Don't know about Baker Mayfield, but we'll see. We got to keep building. We are in an instant age right now, y'all, where we want food or we want gratification and we want it right now. Drive through is so fast. Instagram is so fast. If we miss the moment, we don't have it, right? Everything. Amazon Prime, two days. Now it's even faster. You get stuff in one day. Target will deliver. Stop it, Target, please. It's crazy. There's like, everything is right here. Boom, 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 boom. Some of us right now, you're sitting here like, I've been building with God. I've been doing this, man. Chris, I tried. I, I read my Bible every day. I journal. I try and get in devotions. I, I build with others. I serve. All right? I come up here, and I'm trying to do the best I can. I'm in a small group. I'm loving people. I bought somebody Starbucks the other day just because. And it was the car behind me, and they spent $50. Crazy, right? But I felt good about myself. So maybe like, I'm doing all these things, but the storm is still so real. What do I do? Why is this happening? How do I get through this? Hey, I'm sorry we're in this age right now, but some of us have to keep going. We have to keep building. We have to keep trying. You know, on average in America, back in 2019, pre-COVID, it took about seven months for somebody to build a house from start to finish, seven months. This is how much time that is. 213 days and nights, over 5,000 hours, and over 300,000 minutes. That's a lot of time. This was before labor was what it is, resources, materials, crazy. I can only imagine what it is now. But over seven months, I want us to think about something. What would happen in our families, in our marriages, in our schools, in our neighborhoods, in our communities, in our places of work, with how we interacted with people, if over the next seven months, between now and February 10th, we said, you know what? I'm gonna build a solid foundation. I'm gonna give everything I have to build a solid foundation, to get back, to get my life back on track, to come back to God, to, to build with others, to build with love, to try, to try and figure some things out. And I'm gonna keep building. Even though I'm stuck in a storm and life's not going the way I want it to right now, even though it's not really, like everything's not perfect and everything's not Instagram official and great, like I, I get it, I understand, that's not even the real world anyway, that's what heaven is for, okay? But even though I'm not there yet, I'm gonna keep building. I'm gonna keep building, I'm gonna keep building. With all this time, just imagine where we'd be in February. It could be crazy. Where could your marriage and your family and your house be? Where could your mental health be? Where could your own security and identity be? Because I'm not gonna sit here and tell you storms won't happen. You might not still be stuck in the middle of that storm. But I am gonna tell you, if we had that tenacity like Wiley Coyote and the old Coyote here and thought of it, morning, noon, night, morning, noon, night, I'm building, I'm building, I'm building, I'm building. We might get the roadrunner. And you never know what God might be doing right now in the middle of the storm. But we gotta build. I think it'd be great to do it together.
I wanna pray with us if we can. Father, thank you so much for all my friends and all the time we've had here just to connect. And God, we are all facing different storms right now. We all have different things going on in our lives. I don't know what it is for all of us. I know what it is for me. I just pray, Lord, that we can keep building in the storm. We can keep trusting you in the storm. We can keep going back to your word and trying to lean on others and try and lead with love when it is so hard to do and we don't always have answers. God, please give us strength to keep going. Father, we love you. Please help us to keep building and keep trusting you. And seven months from now, Lord, we pray that we'll be stronger. We'll be more together. We love you so much. It's in Jesus' name we pray and we build. Amen.